it's Pottercast. Hey. Hey, everybody. Yay. And Sue's here. Yay. It's been I'm here. Long, Sue. You guys are here. I've missed you. It's the I'm three amigos you. on the road. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? It's 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 Harry Potter mania. That's what it's going. It is it's madness. Is, today is the 14th of July. And Sue has been kicking ass on the leaky main page. Post the news. The news. Posting the news. It's insane. Every two minutes is another news article. It's great. It's not kidding. There was one day I posted over 30 stories. My hand That's was insane. like cramped up. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Stupid. It's awesome. That's why Leaky is officially number one. We are. All right. <laughs> We've been kicking butt. Kicking butt. All right. So we are here. Sue doesn't mind getting spoiled, and is going to tell us. Is going to interview us because we just all the three of us have seen Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, oh, and she has not. Like no, three hours ago. Good sport. But she's being a good sport. Yeah. yeah. But at this point, I think I've seen like I think someone added it up, and it's been almost like an hour of clips and stuff released. That's, so it's sort of like the same. It's unbelievable. I don't know what they're thinking because like people are the people that are going to watch those clips are all people that were excited enough already to see the movie. They didn't need right. all of that, so it's just massively 40% insane. of the movie is available oh, wow. they just proved it was done six months ago and they just pushed it back and they yeah. kept leaking yeah. and like let's just give a little more 30 more seconds yeah. they said they just did it all in the past two weeks it's like here's a clip clip and another clip uh, and another clip oh it was madness so I want to know though what was it like were you happy ecstatic sad what were oh, your reactions oh god so there were so many times that I was just like hitting the armchairs like up <laughs> so and down exciting. I couldn't believe what I was seeing it's just uh, I, incredible I told these I told when I first saw the film I tweeted that that the opening shot was a miracle so I couldn't wait to see their reactions to the opening oh, shot because when I first saw the opening shot I went like this yes right in the middle of a press screen. it's so clever though it's so unexpected for them just, to start that way it's tasteful it just shows that David Yates realized that a, a setup shot has to be done to present Harry and Dumbledore's relationship. Well, it covers a lot even more than that. It covers their relationship and just this, the tone of what of the aftermath of the ministry. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like the weight on Harry's shoulders. With, and it, it's done in 45 seconds. Yeah. And we don't, we don't have to waste four or five minutes of exposition. It's like, oh, you're the boy, the, the chosen one. You're the right. boy who lived. La-dee-da, he's back. It's, it's basically just, a flashback to, to the end of movie five. And you see Harry... Um, at, the, at the ministry, it's like in right the ministry, after the battle, yeah. and all the press has shown up, and they're all taking pictures of him, and it's it's like being bombarded by paparazzi. He looks very resentful that he's standing in front of them, and very tired and grief stricken. And Dumbledore puts his arm around him and leads him away, and it's it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it, it just, and it shows like it just shows him just kind of totally withdrawn from the situation, just coping with what just happened, and then it shows Dumbledore's relationship, it shows the burden he has that's set his place on him, it shows Dumbledore's whole hand, that's the last time we see it whole, mm-hmm, you know what I mean, and, mm-hmm. and then it's just... Yeah, that's it's, the other hand, left hand, it's his right oh, hand, that's, that's messed up. Never yeah. mind, I take that back. Yeah. But it was still cool. Yeah. So from that moment on... Did you just feel like, okay, I'm in something really good when oh, you saw yeah. that? And it felt so it's, different. It's such a great pace. I, like, I honestly think the work of that first shot is enormous because yeah. it sets the tone. It, it sets the relationship. It lets you know what kind of movie you're in for and to pay attention to those two. Yeah, and you can tell, honestly, even by that first shot, that this film was the same director as the previous film. Yeah. And we've missed that since the first two. 
Like, I think that's what was really jarring for me in, in three, because in three I was like, I don't like it, it's so different. I ended up loving it after I got over that. But it's, I forgot how nice it is to have the two consecutive films hold hands without it being forced. Yeah. And now, seeing how great that these were woven together makes me even more excited for 7-1 and 7-2. Honestly, the best thing about, this, about, about all this is that 7-1 and 2 will have been directed, like Frank said, by the same director for five and six. And it just gets you so excited because they're built, they're all, it's the same group of people now doing this. Mm-hmm. And they did yeah. so much. So the entire movie is a setup for seven. It is. Apart from working on its uh, own as an awesome movie on its own, there's so much setup for, I even said that um, on the, to David Heyman on the, at the premiere. I said, oh my God, there's so much setup for seven here. He, goes, he said, yes, so much setup for seven. I was like, yes. There's some really cool stuff. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I, don't I just, know you know, I don't know, no, because there's so many reviews. I, I did a story on Leaky today about all the round, you know, the like a roundup of all the reviews, and almost everyone has been so complimentary about like the trio, but mostly the adults. So, which in your mind, I mean, I don't even know how to to, to break this down, but I mean, were you very pleased? Did did you feel that Dumbledore was the Dumbledore you were hoping to see? I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I was already, you know, I've, I've been critical in the past of him. And mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting anything totally different. Like, I wasn't expecting every single one of my criticisms to be, to be like, as if he heard them and changed every bit about his performance. Because it wasn't altogether too um, different. His, his, like, kind of uh, straightforward, dry sort of humor it was all still there. <laughs> Um, it wasn't like this, you know, maybe the Richard Harris sort of uh, humor, but um, that said, there was more funny bits for Dumbledore in this one, and there's really? just a lot wow. more Harry interaction in this one, obviously, that that basically gives him more screen time and gives us more of an opportunity to have an opinion of him. He also really showed a lot of care for Harry in a lot of different places, which was so necessary. Yeah. You know, you could tell he had um, a legitimate interest in Harry. It wasn't just people saying, it wasn't just exposition backing it up. Like people think, oh, Dumbledore was so fond of you, Harry. We actually saw that Dumbledore was fond of him, yeah. even with jokes, how he handled him. Just it even feels out of place when McGonagall says it. Yeah, a little bit. Like it, yeah. McGonagall actually says you meant a great deal to him, and it's it's. Really that was more character development for her than him. Yeah. That's what that's what was cool about that. That yeah. we didn't need that to get, to understand that of their yeah. their, their relationship. Yeah. Can I just ask like a random kind of off sure. off topic question, sort of? But how was Maggie Smith? We'd yeah. heard so much about her illness. How did she do? Was she she's she a great old name? She's the same. Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. I, oh yeah. I see. Yeah. She's so much so that very few characters remain from on the films in my head when I read the books. But she's one of them. Like I think the characters that I love and the characters that I hate, the portrayals that I love and the portrayals that I hate manage to stick in the books. Like Moody, I cannot see my my Moody anymore. But Mama Gonagall is always good Maggie Smith. She's never changed. Like yeah. she's just that perfect personification of that she's, character. And that's why she gets away with wearing like the classic witch costume with the black pointy hat. Yeah, totally. She's, she's she's her. Yeah, and she's just Poulter with her Scottish accent. <laughs> I love the bit at the beginning where like she talks to Harry about getting into the potions class, and he's like, oh. And then at the end, and then she's all, you should take Weasley with you. He's looking way too happy over there. <laughs> 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 really funny. Just you know, it's it's it's. It lovely. just felt everything. Just 
you know, excuse me for sounding ridiculous, but everything just felt more real about this movie. Mm. And it, this is like the first movie where it really felt like they took cameras into the Wizarding World yes. and filmed a movie. Hmm. And I think that's a, a lot of that for me was in uh, the set decoration and how organic and intricate everything oh felt like. God. There were some scenes at the burrow and in the, uh, in the garage that it's like, this is awesome. And it, it is shot in a way so uh, unlike, you know, uh, Chamber of Secrets where it's like, here's the, the beauty shot of the sink and here's the beauty shot yeah. of the washing thing. No. Where it just feels like, here's a guy with a camera running around the burrow. And, and, the, and we, we heard earlier how they were going to do more handheld shots, and they mm-hmm. all work amazingly, I think. And it just all feels more uh, genuine like, and legitimate, like you're actually at the borough. And the acting, though, and the acting does that a lot. Like, one, one thing that really stands out to me, Sue, about the entire movie is that mm-hmm. when you're on the way home to the, to the borough for Christmas... Lavender, oh my god, Lavender. <laughs> Lavender's Lavender comes, this is not what I'm commenting on, but she's obnoxious, she's hilarious. She comes over and she, she like puts her breath in the window and she's drawing on it. And while Ron, and she's drawing like a R, R plus L, you know? And while Ron is looking horrified, Harry's just like off in his own world and he's playing with the arm. Yeah, the armrest. The of the cabin. And it's just such a natural thing that yeah. if you're acting too hard, you're not going to do. And it adds so much realism to him as a character there's so much of that little stuff like there's a scene in the beginning with the trio when they're sitting there talking and it's the first time like their laughter is felt natural their interactions oh, are yeah. felt natural they're all they're all have turned into marvelous actors yeah yeah, I thought I think so. we saw so we saw a lot of that humor and that interplay in a lot of the the trailers and commercials that we saw, especially at the end. And I just wondered. So you felt that it was really funny. I mean, oh, Jesse yeah. Capes. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. really funny. The, even yeah, the Quidditch is even out of place. It's, oh, the Quidditch! Oh God, Cormac. Was he great, McLoggin or whatever his name is? McLaggen, was that just yeah? Oh, the Quidditch. Was oh, really McLoggin cool. is hilarious. McLoggin. He's a funny guy. He plays it right because he's just this full of himself little. He's a ham. He's, yeah, Vile. he's just. <laughs> Hermione doesn't but you know, to avoiding him. But it's so funny though because both Dan and Emma were just so complimentary about Rupert and his comedic timing and just how funny yeah. he was. Would you guys agree with that? You no, know, there's a lot of fluff about the, the, the love potion scene, and not to take anything away from it, I think it's. It is absolutely a great piece of comedic acting, but I think Dan and the Felix Felicis scene is oh, even better. Oh, hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my and, God. And they all got to act a little tipsy. He got the Felix Felicis, Hermione got drunk off Butterbeer. Yeah, Hermione gets a little drunk. Oh, she did? Tipsy <laughs> off Butterbeer. Yeah. Right before Katie Bell really? gets it. Oh, yeah, she was putting her arms around Harry and, and Ron. And, and, and then Felix Felicis was great. Yeah. But, as but far it wasn't as gold. I was I was saying it wasn't gold. I thought I wanted it to be gold. I yeah. wanted, it, it's so simple. Let's make it gold, and it's supposed to jump. I want in my head it jumps so well, like a little fish. Oh. Well, like a you know fish. Yeah. Around. Well, he wasn't they, brewing it. They were very. I mean, the the, the Felix Felicis. It's like Dan on drugs, which I think I yeah. suppose is what, what Felix Felicis is. But he's just very like like really happy. Mr. Yeah, Professor yeah. Slughorn is all like Harry, and Harry just turns around and goes. Sir, yes. <laughs> so funny. So it's—he's awesome. He did a really good yeah. job. Again, he's the best of the trio in this. I think. Yeah. Like the, the comedy in, in general, some of it, the comedy and I guess a lot of the, what would you call it, blocking, staging, or whatever, and just how thought out every transition from scene to scene was. Some of the camera movements 
Well, some of the most beautiful camera movements I've seen in, in any movie as of late, but in a Harry Potter movie, it's like, it almost felt like I was watching a stage production of Half-Blood Prince, and that like they're wheeling one set out in time with wheeling the next set in, and, 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 and again, some of, some of the acting, like there's a bit at the Christmas party, where it's just some of the most off-the-wall, loony crap where like, you know, Ron's, uh, Harry's back there talking to Hermione behind a curtain and McClagan walks up and Hermione runs away and then Snape randomly walks up yeah. and then McClagan throws up on Snape. It's like, what the hell? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Very British. On well, Snape? Like, and he lived to tell about it? Oh, what? God, yeah. oh my God, It's such a funny scene because Hermione's trying to avoid McClagan and the guy comes by with the tray and he's like, dragon's harder. And they're like, no thanks. He goes, well, it's just as well. It gives you bad breath. So Hermione's like, on second thought, and she takes him and she starts shoving them into yeah. her mouth. She didn't want to kiss him. <laughs> it's and then he walks in and McClagan eats it and he's like, what's this? And Harry goes, dragon balls. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, that's when he throws up on Snape's shoe, and then he gets a monster detention. Yeah. But um, it's just, it's just. I mean, the interplay, the humor, it's so it natural. Mm. I know. It's, it's, and there's so much set up for Seven, Sue. There yeah. are things they do. Like, for instance, they absolutely could have cut out the Expelliarmus, um, of the yeah. Draco Expelliarmus's uh, Dumbledore at the end. It's not something that's I was worried that it was going to be there, because at first I was like, oh, no. I didn't, he, no. I didn't see his wand, it's wand but then he brings it out and like, oh, good. He says, Expelliarmus, that, that, that's crucial. You see the moment in this movie where, Harry, where Dumbledore realizes that, that, that there's a piece of soul living in Harry. Yeah. Wow. They changed oh. it a little bit, and it's, it's awesome. It's yeah, such a great it's really piece. cool what they did. Really yeah. Can you tell them? Well, I mean, do we want to just spoil it? Or we, no, no, no well, we'll, we'll, we don't need to talk about stuff. that. We'll leave some stuff for you soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what are the things, though, where you did mention Tom Felton? He got a lot of really, I mean, almost consistently, his 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 performance has given really was, good remarks all the way through. Would you? Yeah, totally. It was really cool because they kept, like, um, they did a really good job of putting, like, the parallel storyline between everything that Harry was doing and all the fun little bits with the love potions and all of the characters, you know, you know, <laughs> developing relationships and things like that. But then they would cut away and then you'd see Draco doing his thing. And sometimes they'd actually go into a Draco scene or sometimes they just remind you that Draco is over here struggling with something. And uh, when he finally does have like his own scenes and his own bits, it's just perfect. It's not overdone. Yeah, it's like, not like he was hamming almost, it up. Yeah, he was almost the vehicle for the Dumbledore's death storyline to real like he was the the dark streak of the whole film because we had a lot of frivolous kind of fun stuff with her with Ron and then it was tempered with Hermione and her like her angst with Ron and Harry yeah. I mean Ron and um, herself and then Harry was kind of dipping in and out learning yeah. about the memories and whatnot and then Draco was his consistent shadow yeah like just working and toiling in the room of requirement yeah and then yeah. There's also like everybody's off doing their romance stuff and being kids, and then you see Draco just like toiling away. Oh, that's yeah. even better because he's, he's like he's miserable. his childhood is withering, yeah. his theirs is just blooming. His life is going away, and the best, the best, I think, the best scene of Draco's is after Dumbledore's death, and he's walking out of the castle, oh. and he's with. His, I mean, the, the Death Eaters take him out of the castle, and he's he's now fully initiated and fully part of this group, and he's walking away from his childhood, and Bellatrix is like destroying the Great Hall. Oh my God! He's looking around. You can see it on his face. You can see him notice his life has changed irreparably, and it's it's oh, it's wonderful. Oh, you just gave me chills because I remember when you you talked to him on the red carpet. You asked him about not overacting. And I was so concerned about that Sectum Sumpra scene, but that just 
Oh man, that was so cool because it was. It seemed like oh, all, everything, all the magical world, all of the magic in it. It's just the, the star of this for me. It's all so real. Like when he gets killed with the, not killed, but hit with the Sectum Sempra, it looked like he got hit with something really painful. He just sprawls to the ground, and it's not like you know, shooting through the air comically like when, you know, people get whacked with other spells and they just, you know, get pushed back. He just kind of falls like he just got slashed with a sword and he's just kind of well, it's off camera, out. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the blood just kind of... Blood's dripping down the water because they destroyed one of the sinks so there's water on the ground and it's all... Oh, and then Snape comes and up and he heals it. And, I mean, they, they, I thought they made even, even perhaps little improvements with the smoothness of, of his storyline. Like, for instance, the second Semper scene happens because Katie Bell comes back and they're in the Great Hall and Draco sees her and he clearly thinks that she remembers that he cursed her and he clearly thinks that he's going get, gonna to get found out. So he runs off, he's like undoing his tie and he's crying he's and freaking panicking, out. freaking yeah. out. And then he's in the hospital wing and when he wakes up in the hospital wing, like, because he'd been wavering, really, on his, on his mission, and he wakes up in the hospital when you see the determination on his face. He leaves the hospital wing, he goes to the cabinet, and it happens. And it's like it's like that fight with Harry sealed his resolve, and that was the final straw. Yeah. You know? Um, wow. Uh, oh, it's so good. Was, was, that, was that Katie Bell seen as, as frightening as it was to see it just yeah. in this commercial? A little more so. It's uh, because you see what happens first before she lifts up, and then it, yeah, it's... Yeah. And it's, I, I do like how when the bad stuff happens like with Katie Bell and with Ron getting poisoned you go from a happy cute little moment and then all suddenly out of nowhere just they hit you with that and it feels so much more real that way that they don't like you know build the music up like something oh oh something ominous is happening and then it happens it just you look and then she's on the ground and then she's in the air and it's like what the hell we were just watching Hermione and Ron and Harry be cute with butterbeer and then bam yeah. We're seeing this. Wow. Melissa, I remember you writing for your examiner article about things that need to be made for you, and I think you echoed probably a lot of what where people were saying. How was Snape? Did the coward scene meet don't call me coward, did that hold up? Um I want I mean I've said in the past that um Rickman has sort of done the same thing for all movies and I wanna yeah. rescind that now because he was he was he was really great. I mean it wasn't as it wasn't as complicated as maybe we would have expected, but the, some of the shots of his face, when you can clearly see the struggle he's having without it be, really betraying it to the point where if, if, he, if he's standing with death theaters, they would know. You know what I mean? He's, he's clearly... He show, he, I mean, it's great. There are two uh, moments that are not in this film that only if you've seen it... You, if I were to tell you right now that they're not in it, you'd be really pissed, but after, you see, after we saw this, I asked five people... They didn't even know that those moments weren't in there before I told them. Wow. Okay. Like, you don't remember it. Because it's not... Snape is great. I don't know. John, yeah. what do you... You have a thought about this? Um, I was really looking forward to see some different emotions out of Snape, be it, you know, a calm and cool, um, you know, in-control Snape, like at Spinner's End, or yeah. uh, completely, like, freaked out, unnerved Snape when he's getting called the coward and he's running out and all that's happening. And I didn't think I saw either one of those. Um, I, I maybe like, in tiny degrees, but pretty much uh, a steady Snape, cool, slow, deliberate delivery. Though. The only moment where he can is the scene you're talking about. Is the scene right before they leave for the cave. 
um, when he's talking to Dumbledore. And yeah. it's just like that, that scene in the that's book. That's what I was going to bring yeah. up. I was going to bring up the fact that whenever we see Snape, he's either by Harry or a Death Eater. And so he, like, it's just being, it's his job to remain placid in the character he's playing, whether it's Death Eater or Professor. And then the one time that when it's just, he can be candid, we get a, we get a peek of that when he's talking to Dumbledore. And I'm, I'm assuming that scene is the argument that Harry and that Hagrid would have yeah. would have would have seen. So they move that up into this kind of weird thing, and Harry walks in, and then it stops. And the Harry and, so that and him was, share that a look. contrast was interesting. Also, Harry and him share a look at that moment. Like yeah. like Snape Snape leaves and passes Harry and just looks at him, and you could just imagine what, what it's like for him. Going through, yeah, you know? exactly. Like, as much as he cared for Lily, like they had still like he like as much as. It annoys him that, you know, James was his father. It annoys seeing those eyes and not have, having them is even harder, probably even harder. The fact that he's, he's, uh, he's James's son is almost irrelevant. It's the fact that it's a piece of Lily that he can never, like, it's just a piece of something that he never knew. Yeah. Can we talk about Slughorn? Oh, yes, I wanted to know. Oh, he was great. He was silly, but he was great. Oh, he I was loved great. him. Oh, my God. So, he's great. So funny. See, like the only thing you know, I guess what was different that I never saw him as he can't he can't he comes off as washed up a little bit in the film, like you know like yeah. oh he's well, not he as, is. I know but I never I never I never right. I never crossed my mind because he's so cocky in yeah. the book he's not as cocky in the film, but right. that's the only criticism and it's not even a bad one because it works for this film yeah and then all I was frustrated with him kinda or not frustrated but just I noticed it but everything went away. At, at Aragog's oh, funeral, that was. Uh, that's what I wanted to know. Was it as wonderful as I'd so hoped? They, I mean, come, I make it sad at the same time. So they added a bit that I don't want to ruin for people. They added okay. a, a story of his that. Oh, don't even. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it and it, and it helps explain his actions in that scene, and it's beautiful. The first time I saw it, I cried. It's, it's elegant. I mean, yeah. it's just it is. It's one of those things that like. I wish it was in the book, mm-hmm. and, I, and, oh. and for that coming that that means a lot coming from me because I love the, you know, I love Joe's writing. It's a beautiful. I mean, beautiful it was piece just really, and I, I would like almost want a canon conundrums about it yeah. at one point. Could it be fun to talk about? Can I tell you something, Stephen Clovis? This is the first time that I've come out of a, a movie that Stephen Clovis of yeah. a higher part of the Stephen Clovis has written, thinking he did great. Yeah, I didn't have he any didn't. script compliance really, no, no. and great. he he included a lot. Noticeably, lines. a lot of lines from the book. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was which is huge. And much older, much cleverer, and much less valuable. Yeah, yeah. Writing. Them. Wow, that's 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 a big thing you guys just said. Yeah. I mean, because we can, fans can, and I know we've. I've certainly been critical of him, but for you to say that he, wow, yeah, he pulled it out too. He, he did. I don't think I could I could complain about him if I wanted to, because like if you would have told me um, Michael Goldenberg would have had a hand in this I would have been like okay because like Michael Goldenberg's reverence for the the, the, the source material is really mm-hmm. present in this mm-hmm. like yeah. the same you can tell that he cared or at least oh, maybe yes. since the, he knows the, you know, the end oh, they know the end of but the just film. the respect this is the first film where they they like they knew they knew the end yeah and it's so obvious yeah. it's so obvious that they are this is just this is this is all set it almost makes me wish that they had waited to make any movies yeah. until all seven books were out almost almost almost, almost. <laughs> 20 years ah 
because it's oh. just oh Sue. So there's I mean you, we, we get a reference for Regulus, which has no really place yeah. in the movie. And but, I mean, it, yes, it fits. in that picture, like, right? Like a glove. Yeah, and it fits like a glove. It's just in that picture. Uh, it, it fits because it, the way the Slughorn says, oh, yeah, no doubt you know that Sirius died a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, and you see them kidnap Ollivander. Yeah, did that you was that? Cool. yeah. I didn't catch it until they went to the empty shop. I was yeah. like, oh, that was that Ollivander. Was Ollivander yeah. under a hood. Yeah. They, they fed her a ah, that means he's going to be in it. But yes. that's, like, that's like the opening freaking shot of the film. That's, or one of the opening That's really funny scenes. how they managed to kept, capture Ollivander and not have to hire back. I know. What's his face? John Hurt. Hurt. <laughs> Play the half a second part. They had a bag over his head. I will say, though, if, if we, if, you know, in, in interest of being, you know, a fair and true fan, there were a couple things that bothered me, it like there would in any movie. <laughs> but this bothered me in the last one, too. And it's the excessive use of the black smoke and flying oh, Death Eaters. It. It's neat. And if I hadn't read the books, I'd say this is really cool. But having read the books, Death Eaters don't fly. I don't care. When Voldemort nice... flies, it's big no, deal that no, he that's flies. True. That's true. But they don't really and they use fly. It for everything. They're, they're sort of turning into smoke. It's not like themselves. This is, I know this it accomplishes the same ends. Yeah, and they but who use cares? It it's everywhere. just it's not canon. Like it's a really it's a nifty trick to get to get things done in the movie. Well, it's, so a, it's, a, it's a visual story to tell yeah. you. It bothers me. It makes it makes Death Eaters as scary or equally as well, powerful we, as as Voldemort. No, no, because we know him from the end of five, and the Death Eaters we and, don't and think makes can do that. Voldemort scary is just his ruthlessness. Yeah, but see, like one one instance that really bothered me was in the, the vanishing cabinet scene. How I, you know, you imagine that is this this thing that Harry or that Draco concocted. He's gonna get the Death Eaters in, and it would have been nice to see them lumbering through the the, um, the vanishing cabinets like this, you know, hacked up little plan Draco put together. But you have them coming out like this big ominous black smoke, and the doors are opening slowly. And it's like the only part where it's like, okay, you don't have to ham it up here that much. No. They're, they're not like monsters like Voldemort. They're just lumbering thick but, Death Eaters trying to lumber into Room requirements. So I don't, just pull I back slightly on, I didn't on get something. That at all. I didn't get that feeling at all. I, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine with it. That, that's, I'm positive that they are capable enough to understand that they have to make Voldemort more ominous. And I'm also positive and confident that they can do it. So, I, you know. I, I think it looks cool. But yeah, it was just, I think they did that just for the speediness, instead of having five Such, people walk through. Yeah, and it's so cool. I, I agree with John, though, because yeah. it is kind of like. It's like we, we it's get, we get it. It's how they scary, established. It's not, it's not going I, to be okay, scary, it's established. It's I'm how being, they travel. I'm going to be picky, too, and this is so stupid, because I think it was on there. But with the, um, the charm, when Hermione conjures the, the canaries, the birds, yeah. we never see her create them. Who cares? <laughs> I wanted really? to see him. I, 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 I thought it was cute that she was sitting down down with that them. That was really and, cute. Yeah. I, want, I just wanted her to go. This is the only reason. This is one of the parts in the book that I read that was really visual in my head. And she's just kind of like, asking like, like waving a wand and like, wink, 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 and making birds kind of pop up. Right. But they were flying around her and it was really cute. But they exploded. They yeah. did. They, they, totally, they totally ran after Ron and exploded on the cabinet. Yeah, it, it was funny. Did a pugno. Uh, What's Repugno do? Oh, oh pugno. What does that do? I think it just directs them. Makes, makes them attack or something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, the fact that we have such tiny little nitpicks says a lot about. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm being super nitpicky. I mean, Neville ends up as a waiter at the Slugs Club. Oh, no, we, we, we saw more Luna than Neville. He's a waiter. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a freaking waiter. It's he's weird. a waiter at the Slug Club. It's Christmas like it's party. like he has this little party to like get himself to know. 
to know some of the bright students and then picks the certain ones to be in the Well, it was just a way of explaining in the book that Neville wasn't chosen. Like, in the books, he goes to the first one, and he doesn't get any invites anymore. So this was just a way to communicate that Neville, why he was at the first dinner party, but then he, it was just a cute little him who like, I didn't make a slug club, but I got this. And it doesn't like, matter. They could have just left him. Like They could have, but I think it was yeah. just a role for him to fill. I was like, oh, I'm Neville in a white jacket. With gloves and stuff. Okay, I don't want to ruin it too much, but there has been so much made of the Harry Ginny. Was it as beautiful to you? <laughs> no. I don't know about beautiful. It's not beautiful. It was a sweet it's, little moment. It's cute. It's cute. It's awkward. Yeah. I find everything between the two of them awkward. I'm sorry, and that might not be a popular opinion, but it did feel like like having just if I sat down and just watched the fifth movie, and then sat uh-huh. down and just watched the sixth movie, sixth movie, I'd be like, whoa! But if you watch, where the hell did that lens, come from? Ginny, I mean, Ginny is basically trying to kiss him throughout the entire movie, and she accomplishes it finally in the room of requirement. But like, she sits down next to him at Christmas, yeah. and she she tries to kiss him later at Christmas, and Ginny's like, she's much trying. More bold at yeah, this point. yeah, which is nice. It's, it's funny because we Harry likes to you... kiss girls in the room of requirement. Yeah, he does for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh, true, Frankie. The thing that I like about um, about this one that they switched for the movie is that Ginny goes with Harry to hide the potion, the potions book after Sempra, and she hides it in the, yeah. in the room of requirement. And he closes his eyes. So that's kind of cool because that's going to give her a bigger role in the, seven, in the seventh because she's going to, I'm assuming she's going to have to be with him to go get the book somehow. Oh, no, that's the weird know, thing. That's the weird thing. He's not going to have seen a tiara. There's no tiara yeah. in this movie. I was looking so hard yeah. for the tiara. Yeah. Well, they really, they really flipped the whole Ginny thing around because... They have the kiss, and it's a chase, quiet, quick little kiss, and she's like, oh, we can keep that a secret too if you want, and then we don't really revisit that much at all, and then at the end, like one of the very last shots, Hermione and Harry are talking you know, about sadder things, and then Hermione's like, well, you know, Ron's okay with you and Ginny, by the way, so that's cool, but at the end of the sixth book, he says, you know, he breaks off with Ginny. So we're leading going into the seventh it's not, movie, I mean, and we're gonna just drop the Ginny thing. Well, but here's the other thing: like, well, how are know, they gonna drop it? Unlike the book, you, they don't have time where they're hanging out together. You see them together, so it's gonna be really odd because they're they're like together at the end of this film, but then Harry's gonna go off, and yeah. then we're not gonna have ever seen them together. So it's gonna be no payoff at the end. So I have a feeling at the beginning we're gonna have some time of them together, Probably and the then wedding, then they'll come be the end. Like they we're might, gonna be apart. They might cut the I can't imagine them cutting the No, they're not. They're not. They're they're. David Heyman said doing the wedding. Um, because like Harry and Ginny's uh, relationship was pretty much told just by exposition from Hermione. Yeah, yeah. And, like there's a few scenes of them together, but Hermione notices. Well, there's another and, uh, like talking of nitpicks. Like uh, Stephen Clovis has obviously done so much better in this film than, than with the others, but he still has a little crush on Hermione. He still has Ron, Hermione, and Harry. Uh, hanging out, and Hermione's got all the important lines, and Ron sits there like a piece of wood. That you is know, kind of like, funny how at the end, it's like the three of them, but Ron is sitting on the steps looking down, and Hermione's taking nothing. over the whole yeah, conversation. Exactly. Which like, is why can't we have Ron? Kind of funny, but I feel like once they finished this movie, I realized, okay, you know what? This is movie six. Um, I just feel like I'm, I'm done looking for an exact visual representation of the book page for page now so did I enjoy the experience of this movie absolutely it's so beautiful. did it tell the Haploid Prince story it's I think it did pretty beautifully and and it definitely gave me an awesome visual for so many of the big and little things out of the books that I don't need it to do 
every single page anymore. Um, but I did talk to a couple people. I talked to a couple people walking out of the theater that actually didn't like the movie, what? which is interesting. And uh, we know a couple of them, but I won't name them actually. But uh, one of them said that. Uh, one of them actually shared the uh, the um, the black smoke bit, but they're like. How in the world is Harry going to be able to find these Horcruxes, yeah. movie Harry, when so much of the important information about Voldemort and about Horcruxes in general and all of the clues that Harry was learning in those lessons to identify them all cut out of the movie? So, like mm-hmm. that they might be objects like, of the founders. That's not in there at all. None of that, oh, none of that like is it. in there. Harry would have no better idea how to find a Horcrux at the end of this movie than he did at the beginning of this movie as far as how Maybe to identify them, nor even how to destroy them um, because that was never really talked about. But that, we don't, you don't find that out until you don't find that until until seven either. either. And Harry has no? destroyed one already and knows it, so can figure out the Basilisk Venom. The Basilisk Fang is definitely, I guess, one option. Yeah. But uh, no. it's, it's, it's a matter... It makes me feel like Maybe they'll just dumb the process down a little bit. I don't think so. I mean, I thought that they were going to have such an uphill battle to climb with the Dumbledore relationship, and then that opening shot happened, and there it was. So I think, I think, I think I've got a lot more confidence in the filmmakers mm. now than I have over all these years. You know, which is saying a lot. Think about the Horcrux thing. Though. How could they? They'll do it. I'm not worried. Harry will be like, "Oh, that's Slytherin's locket. What if? What if the other objects are items of the Founders? That sounds he just like Tom Riddle. Locket. He thinks he's that important. What? You know, Slytherin's locket. When yeah. he finds the real locket, it's going to be Slytherin's locket. It's not going to say this is Slytherin's locket. It'll matter the snake on it. Hermione, Hermione, will Hermione will know. Hermione will know. Somebody will know. Yeah, Hermione. Uh, yeah, Hermione, Hermione will know. She'll have a book with a picture. Look, Slytherin's locket. In case you need a. Oh God! If they well, botch well, up we, that we, whole. We, we did say the ring was Voldemort's grandmother. Right, and the ring oh, belonged to Voldemort's family. Voldemort's mom, yeah. mother. You know? Oh, the ring moment was awesome. Shutting up. Was it? Don't say anything. Really good. So. Were you pleased with the uh, the the two younger Voldemorts? The <gasps> oh my two. gosh! Creepy. The, even the older the, the older one in the in Slughorn's memory is great. How old is he supposed to be? 15, 16. So, in relation to the one we saw in the chamber, how much of aging was supposed same. to have happened? Different. It's a totally <laughs> different <laughs> completely different. It's the same different guy. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Looks nothing really like funny. Christian Colson, but Though more so guy, like Ray Fiennes. Maybe that guy is 15 and the one in the chamber is 16. That would make sense. He's a little thinner. Yeah, little he changed his hair. This one. Aged six years in appearance. No, it's just, you get the reason. It's a different He's so much better. <laughs> They're different like double doors, too, from the Chamber of Secrets. So so the manipulative. It's, and he's got like two lines in which to make himself clear that he, this is somebody capable of becoming Voldemort, and you absolutely believe it. You believe it. it. You, it's, wow. It's just snide. And how stuff one would fall for it, too. It's not like it's like anybody would look at that guy and go, evil wizard on the way, evil wizard on the way. No, he yeah. totally sells the manipulative, you know. And uh, what's great is Slughorn realizes the damage he, he did mm-hmm. right then in the memory. You can yeah. see his hesitation. He's like, He's like, this is all hypothetical, isn't it? And he's like, of course, Professor. It's, it's oh. a secret. And then you think about Slughorn being like the only other person, who, the only person in terms of the movie, because in, in the movie, Dumbledore hasn't worked out before this about Horcruxes. That it's like they uh, play it that Dumbledore doesn't even really know what they are. No, he knows what they are. I don't know. 
I think he was he was really concerned in the in the office that the quantity of the Horcruxes. And he's like, yeah. he's like seven. Well, that's what he was hung up on because he knew about Horcruxes. Well, maybe yeah, he had a little it drawer a of the of the diary and the ring yeah, and everything. And no, because no, because this is what he says. He goes, when you brought me this diary, when you, I, I knew it was really really dark magic, but I now I now I didn't know just how dark. Yeah. So he didn't think that that was a Horcrux before. No, I think he did. He didn't. If he if he thought it was a Horcrux, he would have known just how dark it was. Harry touches the ring before that. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Harry Dumbledore takes it out, talks to him, puts it on the thing, and then he pushes the ring mm-hmm. at him. I think it's just the quantity. He says he says to him, I, di- "I when you brought this to me, I didn't. I knew it was really dark magic, the kind of which I hadn't known or whatever, and and I did, but I didn't realize just how dark." If he knew it was a Horcrux, he would have realized just how dark. Wow. You know? I see where you're coming from, but for me, I, I still think it's quantity. Somebody's knocking in the store and they're being obnoxious. Nice. <laughs> it's the Lupins and they can't come in. Oh, I have a goofy question. I don't, yes, wanna, I don't know if you'll have to go. But John Noe, I must know, how many times was Nigel, the useless child, kid, whatever, Nigel around? Nigel's not in it. What? Nigel's not in the film. Wow. No, we don't need him. He's not there. Okay. Wow, good. Because that's always drove me crazy before. It just seems so useless. Yeah. All right, can I ask about the music? Because I've been listening to the soundtrack all day long. Is is it wonderful? Were you pleased? Were you guys happy with it? The, 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 the music is great. I like the music a lot. What about you guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I didn't notice it, which to me, because um, it, yeah. it says a lot. Because it's just... There's a few scenes that it goes really quiet, and I noticed that, but it's great. Um, yeah. A lot of it seemed similar, like almost lifted from, in whole, from Lord of the Phoenix. Yeah. Like the Weasley oh. fireworks yeah. bit is the exact same song. Yeah, probably the same theme. And they used that more than once. I noticed the music more in five, but I think it's because I really liked Umbridge's little theme, and they had more montage <laughs> moments in yeah. five than this. Yeah, there were like no montages. Which I, I like montages. I don't need that. I, I don't need it. Um, I'm good. But yeah. um, the music I didn't notice too much, which is good. I noticed the cinematography. Cinematography ah, is beautiful. It's either away. it's completely symmetrical or it's askew. It's yeah. beautiful. It's yeah. really gorgeous. And it's so fluid. And the burrow is brilliant. Like you see the, oh, yes. the burrow again for the yeah. since the second film, and ah. it's it's so much better. That's what I meant by like they took the cameras to the magical world this time. I didn't build it because. They have this, this hilarious bit when Harry just gets there and they're all like, oh, Harry's here. And they have this big little staircase moment. And there's, you, see, you see so much of the darn burrow. And well, did that even scene when work? He, he operates in, uh, you see like all of the land and the farm and the nearby area. And yeah. So much the best, real. And another, another great moment, piece of acting, is after the Sectum Semper scene, they get back into the common room. The, the book is laying on the thing and the three of them are sitting with the, in the common room with Ginny and it's so it's very very dark there's only like outlines of shadows and it's Ginny who says it has to be you know you have to get rid of it tonight and when people it, what the unsaid thing is that she's the one who has a diary that was evil yeah. and so she naturally would say no you have to get rid of this right now yeah. you know yeah, and it's, it makes a lot of sense it's, it's just so oh it's just so well thought out it's it's like it's it's like it it's the first time I've looked at the film and thought not only that they're fans of the of the books, but they are fans of the books doing this. You know, like they're thinking about the fans. No. I feel like they are. Maybe you mm-hmm. guys. I agree. So, 
Wow. I have a million questions about like the stupid things like the Weasley wizards. Was that fun? Oh, it's fabulous. So cute. It's really cute. Hilarious. The one on our screen it was really stupid. Everybody kept cheering every time a new character came on screen. Yeah. It was it's funny. Like, oh, it's funny for the first 10 minutes. When you're 40 minutes in, then it's, it loses its charm. Uh, Especially yeah. when people are explaining. Or like when Katie Bell just gets hit by the curse and all of a sudden, Hagrid, let's clap when she's almost yeah, dead. Yeah, it makes like, no sense. It. Yeah. Mm. So. I can't wait to see it. You guys, so I want to hear a bottom line from each of you guys. Like what your thoughts, you know. If you had to do like a one minute review, what would you say? John? I mean, just parroting what I've already said, it's the most believable, real representation of the wizarding world that we've ever seen. And really? And I think that um, will play a big part in the movie's appeal to people who may not have read the books that it's like they're actually coming into this believable place and it's like when they don't put the focus on on the, the little things and mm-hmm. and keep them subtle I, I i noticed them more in in how they were being underplayed in in a way that just made it feel more organic and like being in the weasley's garage Mm-hmm. And you see all this stuff he's tinkering with, and mm-hmm. it, and you know not trying to ham up all the little gizmos and gadgets that could be in there, and giving them their own shots, and it's just kind of meandering around through that room. It just it just made me take all of it more seriously, and when you had the big story that's being woven around all of this, and they're being told so well, everyone acting it so well. It's just everything felt more grown up and more, you know, established as you know this is this is a solid movie. Everybody is holding their own, and it's not just the adult actors and the kid actors anymore. Everybody are solid actors in this, and uh, I was just really really impressed. And and I need to see it at least four or five more times (laughs) to really digest everything. This was my time number three for me. And the big prevailing thing is that for number two, I felt like I was, I was, it's the first time I've seen a Harry Potter film and on repeat viewings, it really rewards repeat viewings. It doesn't, it hasn't always, you feel like you've seen it and you're done, but this really, um, um, it really, there was more stuff to find, little things to notice that you hadn't noticed before, so much care. I think, honestly, this is the film that makes you really care about the characters, that makes you really, really invested in their futures, and that's really going to pay off. And Seven, and it's the first film that I believe is good on a, this is good for a film level. This is a good film, period. It's not just a good Harry Potter film. It's a really good film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, like I said before, it's the, the continuity really excites me. Like this film really holds hands with the fifth one, and not in a very in a very real way, not in a, like a forced way. Like, oh, it's Harry Potter again. It's just you can really tell that the, the same people who made the fifth one and made this one, and then like it's just the acting. The um, I really agree with what John said. The world does feel much more real. The storytelling is much more sophisticated, and this continuity that's carried from the fifth into the sixth. And like the fifth stands on its own, the sixth stands on its own. It really gets me excited for the seventh, the two seventh films. 
Cause like if this continuity is gonna be consistent and just like how they set up the seventh film so much, just from a, just storytelling, like it's and it's just stuff that like people who haven't read it or who are just watching it to enjoy it and not picking it apart like we do in the seventh film, they're gonna be like, oh wow, that, I remember that, or they're gonna watch the sixth one when they get home after seeing the seventh film and be like, Dude, I never noticed that. Now I notice that. Da, 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 da. Like I didn't notice that that comment or that or that, that, that scene, whatever, and how it ties into the the, the rest of the story. And just the, the the screenwriter or whoever whatever changed differently on this one, their storytelling was so well thought out. Like the thing we mentioned about um, Slughorn, that was brilliant. The stuff that they they set up for the seventh one, how they mentioned, how they wove Regulus Black in, was great. Um, how they, I don't know, just everything was really great. Well, right now, as we're recording this, it is a stroke of midnight, and it is now released here in the East Coast of the United States. Well, and let's, awesome. say, let's say happy Heffler Prince, everybody, and we hope that you love it, and we are going to be taking your questions, comments, oh, yes. and, and reactions on Pottercast.com, on our Pottercast um, uh, Skype. Yeah, you can leave us voicemails, but the best way to do it is to uh, come up with uh, no more than 15, 20-second review Record yourself and send it to staff at Pottercast yeah. uh, via email attachment, and uh, that will be at the best chance of getting onto the show. We are also doing several events at Ascatraz, so please look on Pottercast.com. We'll, we'll put a we'll put a list of where we're going to be and when on Ascatra- at Ascatraz, the conference at uh, San Francisco in like what three days? Yeah. Three days. Yeah. We've been driving it's everywhere. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So stressful, but fun. Well, it's been so nice for me, bonus, to get to talk to you guys tonight. I can't even. It's just well, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think when you get a chance yeah, to see it. We're going to interview you. Okay. I'll be looking for Hufflepuffs. Yeah. Is there any Hufflepuffs at the movie? That'll there be my story. Oh, isn't the girl who skipped her rat tail a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Someone forgot her rat tail. Somebody in, in potions so forgets gross. her rat tail. Did you get that he was, he was nice. telling them about Bezoars? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was good. When well, you guys noticed the stuff on the first time, it took me like twice to notice a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the birds. <laughs> anyway. The birds. Yeah. yeah. The birds. I, I, I'll, I'll all right. Okay. Well, hope yeah, you all yeah, enjoyed the movie. Have fun at the movie, everybody. Miss you soon. We we miss you. See you sooner. Miss you. I love you guys. Love you too. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.